You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Ooh, definitely a change in temperatures around the state of Wisconsin starting this morning. How are you? It's a Tuesday, and I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. That also reminds me, our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He will be in the comfort of his nice warm house, joining us a little bit later this morning. You know, a lot of us are still kind of recovering, gathering our wits from last week's World Dairy Expo. And I'll tell you what, for a lot of folks, you know, we complain if we've got to drive a couple hundred miles to get to World Dairy Expo, you know, the traffic, etc. How'd you like to have to go halfway around the world just to look at the technology that we had at World Dairy Expo, let alone find the genetics that were being featured. Well, Stephanie Hoff caught up with a group from Central Asia, Kazakhstan. They made the trip halfway around the world to try to improve their dairy, courtesy of World Dairy Expo. That conversation's coming up as well. Weather-wise, like I said, you'll definitely notice a change in the air when you walk outside this morning. I did, anyhow. Today, it looks like we'll see partly sunny skies. 57 is as warm as we'll get. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 59, and then Thursday and Friday, watch out. Measurable rain on the way both days. Thursday's daytime high, 55. Friday's daytime high, also 55 degrees. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, checking in with those details as we roll our way through the show. You can hear the corn grow. You can smell healthy soil after a good rain. And you know when your livestock are healthy and when they're not. BioVet loves seeing healthy animals contribute to your farm's productivity and profitability as much as you do. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Innovation, that's BioVet. Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long, and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. There is a lot that goes into bringing grain from the field to the consumer. An important part of that process is the role that local grain elevators play. They are the ones that take in the grain before shipping it to other facilities that will further process it. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars and I am speaking with Dylan Beaver, who is the grain merchandising and origination manager for Alcivia. He discusses what they do on their end with storing and shipping out grain, as well as some of the challenges they experience shipping out that grain through rail. What is the relationship between Alcivia and the rail providers who help move grain from your elevators? We have multiple relationships in the rail industry from Shortline Railroad here in southern Wisconsin being the WSOR and then two class one railroads in Wisconsin which would be the UP and then the CP. We have a really great relationship with both railroads from a class one standpoint with volumes of trains being shipped on them regarding uh, feed commodities and fertilizer commodities on those railroads as well. And for those who may not be familiar can you define what is class one? Class one would be your, your major rail providers here in the United States. Those are the railroads that are traveling mainly across 
the entire country. So in Wisconsin, you know, we talk about the Union Pacific or the UP, the CP, uh, the Canadian Pacific, the CN is another one. And then also there's some other different ones that maybe we're not so familiar within our state, but the BN is a class one. So there's a conglomerate of multiple railroads that kind of build up to make these larger rail companies that kind of span the United States maybe versus what a short line railroad would be, which is kind of a shorter moves and might be more interstate type railroads. About how much grain does Elsevier move by rail? Elsevier as a cooperative handles about 50 million bushels of grain a year, whether that's corn, beans, or wheat. And between multiple loading locations on rail, we do about 25 million bushels of grain that are loaded out onto rail cars. And you're moving grain throughout the years and mostly just after the harvest season. Yeah, we're constantly moving grain here at the cooperative. We usually start in September with some wheat goes out on rail. And then through the fall season, you know, you have your corn and soybean program and then corn throughout the summer, a lot of times uh, with a mixture of beans. But uh, majority of corn and when you get in that June, July time frame is kind of how you finish the summer. But the constant 12 months a year grain flow on rail. And where does your grain go after it leaves the elevators? We have a lot of strategic relationships in the country. Most of our grain flows to poultry markets down in eastern Texas, and then some of it will go right to Chicago to a corn processor. And then in addition to that, our soybeans tend to go to uh, Mexico for processing, or they will go out to the West Coast where they'll be sent to China. Are you ever receiving grain through rail at your elevators, or is all of the grain that you have at your elevators going out through rail? Wisconsin's a pretty diverse state when it comes to grain and how the market works. We're kind of put in that one spot of the world or of the United States. We're kind of trapped against the lakes, and the only way we have to get out is the river or rail market. And then we have those beautiful things called dairy cows, and they consume a lot of corn. There isn't a lot of times where we see ourselves bringing in corn specifically on rail or soybeans. Most of our stuff is shipped out. We do receive other commodities such as soybean meal and fertilizer on rail. So we have inbound rail for inputs, but most of our corn and beans are exported out of the state on the rail market. Have you had any issues with storing grain at any of your elevators currently? Grain storage, you only have so much of it, and then you have to kind of rely on logistics, um, whether that's a truck barge or rail to kind of move the rest. So as far as storage goes, we try to store as much as we can until we have to execute upon the rest of getting rid of it in some kind of fashion, whether that's making a sale or getting it to export markets to make sure that we have enough space for our producers. So I would say as far as our space goes, we do the best that we can with it to always rely on rail logistics or truck logistics to make sure that we have space for our producers. The next part of that, too, is the marketing that we've had here in the last two or three years has been an inverse market, meaning the grain is worth more today than it is tomorrow. And it's kind of been telling us, you know, ship the grain out as fast as you can and kind of keep your space fluid and empty. The market structure kind of dictates what you do with your space. And if you fill that up with different commodities to carry them or to make sure you ship them out on time and make sure you get paid for those commodities now, maybe versus later. What kind of challenges have you had with transporting grain by rail? We are very dependent on the railroad when it comes to loading trains to the point of they kind of determine when your train shows up. So if the train shows up at midnight, you have to start loading the train at midnight. So as far as challenges go with the railroad, I would say 
one thing that we have seen is their crews. They're definitely short crew members, just like everyone is, though. You have different businesses here. You can see it now that need help. So the railroad is no different, and it kind of slows down their processes of when they deliver upon trains and get them to your doorstep. So that seems to be kind of the theme that we've seen is maybe the execution upon when the train needs to show up and the timely manner. But it all rolls back to labor, right? So I think that's that's a big thing that, that we see in, in our business and, and other people are seeing as well. What happens if you're in a situation where, say, you're running tight on storage and a train is supposed to come at a certain time to help alleviate some of the pressure you might be feeling and they're just not coming? What do you do in a scenario like that? Yeah, that's where you have to know how to pivot. We have an awesome logistics team here at the co-op. We run 50 trucks ourselves, so we may have to go ahead and just make a sale and and kind of bite the bullet for, say, a little bit and maybe trading something at $0 gain or just making sure that we, we keep the space open for our producers. That's the biggest thing is we want to keep the space and we want to keep the lights on because we want them to continue to get their crop out of the field and into our elevator. So maybe that's doing some untraditional type things of moving a pile conveyor somewhere and putting it in a gravel parking lot or putting it on, uh, on the ground. That's just kind of what happens if the crop is big and, and you're dependent on logistics to get it moved and if the logistics can't move it fast enough or the labor isn't there and the farmer is just moving too fast for us to keep up we kind of have to do our best and make sure that we have a spot for them do you expect there to be any issues down the road this harvest season or do you believe you have a pretty good grasp right now on bringing in grain and also sending it out I'm excited for this fall. There's, there's a lot that can come out of it. You know, we're looking at a crop that we're not really quite sure what's out there. You get reports of guys that are excited about what they're growing, people that are nervous. So it's going to be an interesting one, I think, for sure. The market is still defining itself. I think the big talking point right now in the grain industry is the river. The Mississippi River specifically is lower than it has been in a very long time. Even last year, we were talking about that. You know, the river's low. What's, what's going to happen? And it's a repetitive thing this year. And I think that just reflects on rail logistics. So if the grain can't get out through the river, it's got to come interior, which means it stays here um, in the state in some capacity. Uh, either needs to get trucked to a processor or delivered on rail to export. So and if China comes in and buys some grain and kind of makes the market competitive, that will be great. But as of today, flows may not be traditional to the river, and we might have to rely a little bit more on our rail logistics and truck logistics. While there may be challenges for any elevator with storing and transporting grain, They are prepared to do what needs to be done through their work providing a place for farmers to send their grain. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. 
you're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to LiunaWisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Speaking of heavier jackets to run out the out the door this morning, I'll tell you what, I might even need a cap. It surprised me a little bit, chillier than maybe I expected. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live this morning. Yeah, I like I said, I, I didn't I knew it was gonna get cooler, but for some reason it feels like uh more frost likely being reported this morning. Well, believe it or not, Pam, in a lot of places it's warmer than it was yesterday. Huh. Do we have a, <laughs> a do we have a breeze or a wind or something? Some clouds built in. Okay. That that made a big difference. Those clouds built in, especially in the east, and not quite as cool. Yeah, southwest Wisconsin. That includes Madison and La Crosse under the frost advisory. That's until 9 a.m. this morning. Oh, that's like for uh, La Crosse, Vernon, Richland, Sauk County, uh, Dane County, Iowa, Green Rock, and that area, Jefferson, even in Walworth. But everybody further east and northeast not dealing with that frost advisory, not quite that cool as some clouds did build in. But through the day, we're in for another very, very nice autumn day, no doubt. Like yesterday, up into the 50s, that's not uncomfortable. Where it's cool and frosty this morning, there's more likely going to be more sunshine. In the east, where the clouds held in, probably more clouds for today. Still not a big problem. We have a very nice day in store. The upper level low off to our northeast, still spinning strongly in Canada. In fact, still providing some rain in the UP and very far northwest Wisconsin. That's why the rest of us have those clouds, because that little bit of rain is up there. We're not going to see that rain today, but just have a pretty decent day. Temperatures for most of us mid and upper 50s, that's not hard to tolerate, but still it is cooler than normal, somewhere in that 5 to 10 degrees cooler than normal range. But conditions are going to change. And as you look out across those nice, clean cornfields where you've got the end rows off and the corn looks so straight and nice, or the soybeans are looking so nice, drying down so well, I unfortunately have to talk about a lot more rain here by the end of the week. In fact, more clouds will be moving in and rain. And everything I've seen easily indicating upwards of an inch of rain 
And there's absolutely that possibility in southern Wisconsin of some one and two inch amounts or even a bit more very, very wet conditions building in as we make our way on toward Thursday, Friday, and still kind of wet to start the weekend with rainfall, of course, cloudy skies, a bit of a cooler temperature pattern isn't going to be all that great. Certainly uh, adding a lot of moisture, yes, that's good in the long run, but when our crops are drying down and we'd like to get them harvested shortly, that kind of rainfall means very wet, sloppy field conditions. Definitely one we've got to consider and watch and, and decide how we're going to handle. What will happen is low pressure will strengthen in the west and a warm front's going to be drawn up out of the south. That front's still meandering all the way down from Montana, Wyoming, Colorado toward northern Texas. It's that far away. But as that low pressure strengthens in, I expect that warm front to push right up into Iowa already by late Wednesday. So out ahead of that front, not that we warm up a great deal, it's more likely to see that moisture and that rain development. There could even be a little shower chance quite late tomorrow afternoon or overnight, but more likely into Thursday and Friday. That's when rain will build on in. And like we've talked about, could get a whole lot heavier measuring in the inch or two range as we make our way toward the weekend. I'll have our forecast details right after this. Always up early. Always getting the job done. Always working as hard as you can. Always pushing for more. Because you never settle. For farmers who seek outstanding performance they can count on, the only brand is DeKalb Corn. Featuring a broad portfolio of products, precision bred to maximize profit potential on every field. DeKalb brand, never settle. See us at DeKalb.com. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long, and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. All right, buddy, let's have some more of those details. I like the warmer, but I'm not excited about this rainfall coming in. I got a phone call this morning from Stan. He said the soybeans up in Brown County were running 11% yesterday. That's dry. So get, getting them out of the fields probably advantageous right now. Yeah. And unfortunately there's that little rain, maybe not in Brown County yet this morning, Pam, but in that far Northeast part of the state. So he's probably not losing any right now. Uh, we'll talk about that frost advisory till nine lacrosse, Madison, those areas in the West, you know, Vernon, Richland, Sauk counties, Jefferson, Walworth, Dane in that area as well. And otherwise, during the day, more clouds east, partly sunny or even quite sunny far west. La Crosse could be very bright before the day's out. Now, I expect mid and upper 50s, not a bad Tuesday. The west winds about 5 to 10, partly cloudy overnight. Mid 30s, most likely, with the northwest winds about 5 to 10. That warm front starts edging in. Still sunny for Wednesday. Sounds like a beautiful day. The rain chance by the afternoon, early afternoon in far southwest Wisconsin, later on in the day, the further you head east and north. 
upper 50s. I'd say lacrosse probably in the 60s tomorrow. And the north winds become east in the day at about 5. Then that rain a little more likely to start showing up Wednesday night into Thursday. Cloudy, breezy with showers on Thursday. A lot of mid-50s with east winds 10 to 20, gusting to 25 or more. And that strong wind continues with it, Pam, Thursday night and Friday. And the rain amounts up to an inch or even two, especially in far southern Wisconsin. Could mean a really wet, soggy, kind of chilly feeling way to wrap up the week. Ooh, and you know, at this time of the year, you get two inches of rain. It takes a long time for it to firm up again. Yeah, it doesn't go away in a big hurry, and, and we get right back into the field. Things are going to be kind of sloppy and less than ideal. All right, buddy. Sounds good. We will catch up with you on Thursday. Sounds like a plan. Thanks. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, along with us, giving us those weather details we may or may not be excited about. Stick around. John Heinsberg on the way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Let our family help your family. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer. <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. 
W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Clearly the easy part of your schedule, you've just completed. You had your non-conference games, which two out of the three were against relatively lesser talented teams. Washington State so far turns out to be better than expected, though they just lost over the weekend to UCLA. But you had Purdue, who was rebuilding with a new head coach, and you had Rutgers, who still wasn't good, those were two games you had to jump and you thought, you know what, by the fifth game in, this team would be finally firing on all cylinders and they, they, they'd they host Iowa and you, you would hope that that would be a good game because Iowa always brings the defense. But it's still like it's, it's choppy. Yeah, it's, it's not together. It doesn't look great. No. And I think you want to start. Now, I don't know if you have to be great. Well, do you have to be great against Iowa coming up here, Rowdy? No, especially because... <laughs> Iowa brings in Cade McNamara. Uh, Iowa brings in, what was it, uh, all of the tight end. They brought in another receiver. Like, all guys that were supposed to be pretty good players. Yeah. Well, McNamara's hurt. Alf's hurt. Deacon Hill time. Yeah, Deacon Hill, the guy that was third string two years ago, is now their starting quarterback. Yeah. So You know Badger fans. It feels like if the defense just isn't god-awful, they'll find a way to win that game because Iowa has to score points with their special teams and defense, which it feels like you say every single year. I mean, they beat the Boilermakers, Purdue, 20-14. to 14. You had, Did you have a bet on that? Or No, we were just running it down on that. We were running down on um, the Zombos pregame basher thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Deacon Hill was 6 of 21 for 110 yards and one touchdown and a pick. 6 of 21. But doesn't it feel like if you're Wisconsin, you start looking around, and I get that it's the first year, and 
a lot of these are the the remnants of the Jim Leonard, Paul Christ coaching staffs with the players that fit their systems. Obviously, Luke Fickle only had what? Not even one full recruiting cycle where where he had to last second try and pull in a ton of recruits and then a few like transfers here and there that would also be coming into their first year of the program. But I guess you would technically say they're their players. Yeah. But you think about this next year, Tanner Mordecai isn't going to be there. He's done. He got He's a one and done guy. He got him. Now, Tanner Mordecai, again, if you pull up his numbers, 17 for 31, 145 yards, a touchdown, no pick, also ran the ball for 50 yards. Those numbers aren't good, but I feel like he's played a lot better than his numbers because of how in flux some of the roster is. Like, there were a lot of drops. Oh, my God, was there ever. In the game. Tanner Mordecai used his legs, like you mentioned, which we really didn't know he had, and haven't seen a ton of that from a Wisconsin quarterback just in general. And then I think the other thing is, I know Zach, our sports director, Zach Heilprin brought it up. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Some of the snaps, not great. Not great, Bob. Which which makes it even harder to go through your reads if you're always looking to figure out where the hell the snap's going to be. So I felt like Tanner Mordecai has played decent football. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of things going on around him that haven't worked very well. <laughs> but I think about next year, it, when he's gone, Braylon Allen's probably gone. Yep. It probably comes down to Ches Malusi yes, if he wants to use his last year of eligibility. But I know Jackson Aker ran the ball pretty well, but really he's, but, he yes. was a fullback coming into this year. What the hell do you have behind some of these guys? That's the big question, right, Rowdy? Um <sighs> And the, and you don't have as cushy of a schedule next year because you got the big yeah, the new up. Big Ten in the in the West. Then we talk the whatever it becomes. Yeah, the big yeah. Then we talk about this though. We talk about you know Luke Fickle getting his guys in place. Sorry, like we're gonna give him like some time this year, and then next year we get more guys in. I think what some people say like I give him two to three years. Well, if he's getting his guys in place next year, you just listed off no Braylon Allen, you know, Ches Malusi, or maybe Ches Malusi's back or not. You have, uh, you know, Tanner Mordecai gone, et cetera, et cetera. Like this team, how are you going to get your guys in place when you all of a sudden got a bunch of guys gone? Who, who the hell's taking up those spots when they leave? Well, that's the thing. It, it feels like here lately that the run, like, you know, how Wisconsin football is always known for big offensive linemen, uh, big time running backs. Yeah. It feels like the cupboard's pretty bare at running back once you get past the, the you know number one number two because remember when there was i don't know like james white monte ball melvin gordon that's pretty nice yeah three guys that all were drafted and played in the league i remember that but it felt like for a while wisconsin would be like three deep at running back no matter who it was in their three deep plug yeah. them in they could be a thousand yard rusher i don't know once you get below braylon allen here the last two three years bear. yeah ches malusi's He's got flashes, but he also he literally has torn his ACL, <laughs> broke Poor his guy. arm, and broke his ankle. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Yeah, don't be surprised if you need something maybe even a little heavier than a sweatshirt this morning. We're going to start off cool, but we should end up warmer today than we were yesterday. Pam Yankee, glad you're along with us. Yeah, partly sunny skies on the way today. 57 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 59. And then Thursday and Friday, look wet and cold. 
Thursday's high 55, Friday 55, but both days substantial rain is expected, probably going all the way into the weekend. Glad you're along with us. Don't forget John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He'll be joining us in just a little bit, too. So today is the 10th day of October. On this day back in 1963, more than 88,000 Rock County residents were told to visit their local clinics and drink their oral vaccine for polio. The cost was just 25 cents, and the polio vaccine was given freely to those that could not afford it. More than 88,000 Rock County residents go for the Sabin Oral Sunday event at their local health care providers. Hard to remember that just that long ago, we were battling polio versus the pandemic. On this day back in 1982, the Brewers won the pennant. They won the American League pennant, secured their spot in the 79th World Series against St. Louis Cardinals. Bounced back from a poor start to become the first team ever to win the league championship series after being down 0-2 in the five-day series. Long time ago for you Brewers fans back in 1982. On this day in 1964, Tokyo hosted the Summer Olympics. 93 countries participated. It was the first Olympics to be held in Asia. Happened on this day back in 1964. Happy birthday to Saved by the Bells, Mario Lopez. He is 50 years old. And one of my faves, Brett Lorenzo Favre. Happy birthday to him as well, born on this day back in 1969. And now you know. Well, I think for many of us in Wisconsin around the upper Midwest, if you want to go to World Dairy Expo, you have to Stop and figure out what day you want to go. Do you want to go overnight? How far are you going to drive? It's going to take you a couple hours. But boy, I'll tell you, when you visit with some of the guests at World Dairy Expo this year, you realize they came halfway around the world to walk the trade sh- tr- the same trade show you're enjoying. Take a look at the same cows that are right there out there for you to enjoy. And they're there because their business is just growing. Stephanie Hoff found out about a story in Kazakhstan, which is part of Central Asia, where dairy is growing, or at least trying to. Removing molars to milking cows. That's quite the transition, but so far it's working for Mahan Tulamisov. Mahan is a dentist by training in southern Kazakhstan, but has recently taken an interest in agriculture. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Mahan was in Wisconsin touring the dairy state with UW River Falls. He's been dairy farming for a year now and is waiting on news from the Kazakhstan government on if he has been approved for their dairy expansion program. The country is giving low-interest loans to dairy farmers to grow dairy production, and this is because the country is only producing about a quarter of what it needs for fluid milk. In a translated interview, Mahan tells me more about what it's like to be a dairy farmer in Kazakhstan. My profession is a dentist. I worked uh, since uh, Soviet uh, times, starting in the 1980s. 
And uh, after the Soviet Union collapsed in the 1990s, we had an opportunity to make a dentist clinic, to start a dentist clinic business. And in 1996, I was successful. I was uh, studying at the university uh, in New York. I went for some classes. There was a first seminar, how to manage and market the dental clinics. And you know, when I came for this and uh, uh, heard the lecture, uh, my mind uh, changed totally. And from that point, my mind setting uh, Soviet style of thinking changed to another type of thinking, more Americanized and uh, capitalistic way of thinking. I worked as the dentist, right? But I started to think like a businessman. We started to create many clinics. At the same time, I was in construction business. I, I worked as a, in construction business after my main job and, and during the weekends. And in order to manage all these businesses, I have to study more. Yes, and I have to study at the business schools and by reading books. And my last mission was I wanted to start agriculture. And I, I find out that the best uh, business in the agriculture is the dairy business, dairy production, yeah. So he's never been around cows before? No, no. And what does he think so far? How, how many cows does he have now? What are his first thoughts? Uh, my project is for 800 heads. Now I, I have, uh, now we are milking 400 heads. And uh, on the front, we have the second stage. We want to participate on the governmental programs in credit lines. We uh, made an application and we are waiting for the results. Where does the milk go? Processing plants, they buy it. We, we produce only raw milk, fluid. Why I started uh, milk production in, uh, in Kazakhstan, the most demandable product is the milk. Without, we don't need marketing for that, right? We have a good channels of uh, selling. Because it, yeah, in my other businesses, I have to spend a lot, invest a lot for marketing. And at this business, it's vice versa. Is he also growing crops? Yeah, we produce feeds ourselves. We are in the southern part of Kazakhstan. It's Almaty region. Uh, it's very hot in our part of the world, in the, our part of country. All fields are irrigated artificially. Yeah, and when we, we need a lot of strength energy but uh, the main the, the good thing is that we have a good sunlight what are the seasons like yeah dry and uh, hot but if you will irrigate it then you you might take a very good crop how do you keep the cattle cool the, it's a construction of the barn it's a very high buildings so a lot of ventilation from the both sides we just close during the winter time we just close it with the curtains and a good ventilation uh, system and we make yeah and we also make a mist for them what is he trying to learn here he wants to better raise his cows how to better manage them for example i milk them like 25 kgs 
and uh, I heard that here is like 43 kgs and how to to come for such a result how much is milk there 50 cents per liter $25 per hundred pounds $25 per hundred weight yeah what breed of cattle are in Kazakhstan Holstein imported from Denmark Razak Borajan translating responses from Mahan Tulamisov, a businessman and new dairy farmer in southern Kazakhstan. He's taking advantage of some government incentives to grow his dairy business to meet the high demand for fluid milk in his country. And he was in Wisconsin with a trade delegation learning about herd management and farm technology from experts at UW-River Falls and World Dairy Expo. Seriously, from dentistry to dairying. One Kazakhstan visitor at World Dairy Expo. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Well, we've got uh, John Heinberg just around the corner. Markets this morning are a little softer in Chicago. Currently, December corn's down three at 45. November beans, about a nickel lower at 12.59. The wheat for July is down six at 6.34. Barrel and black cheese were both quiet yesterday in Chicago. The double-A butter dropped a quarter of a cent to 3.50 a pound. November milk closed 14 cents stronger at 17.50, while December milk is currently up six at 17.75 a hundredweight. We had uh, Columbus Day holiday yesterday, so no crop progress report. We'll find out what John Heinberg is thinking about on this Tuesday morning. He's up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, GoodmansJewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Berkshire Automotive family for the yes. At Berkshire Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Berkshire Automotive. Join the Berkshire Automotive family for the yes. Join the Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, as promised, we've got our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend along with us. I always want to remind you about their website if you need more information after uh, we conclude, totalfarmmarketing.com. And their toll-free number if you want to talk to John or any of the team over there, 800-334-9700. 7070. So let's talk to John this morning. I got to start. I'm kind of watching the news this morning, John, to see what's shaking with the Hamas-Israel conflict. Is the market paying attention to that conflict? I think we got the most reaction, obviously, out of the crude oil market on Sunday night. Uh, You know, that was a market that was selling off pretty doggone hard after hitting those highs on just a big technical washout uh, due to some demand concerns coming into the market after the last energy information report. Uh, But today, as the day kind of went on, I think the market got back to what we're dealing with, at least in terms of the grain markets, and that's currently harvest and harvest pressure coming in. And, we, you know, with Columbus Day holiday yesterday, we didn't have a whole lot of USD news to, to kind of maybe get the market a boost one way or another so it just gravitated lower and that's continuing into the overnight session as we're just like I said seeing good movement on the harvest front you know everybody's rolling full speed here and you know we got some rain coming maybe at the end of the week so guys are pushing hard to get as much in as they can at this time frame what are you hearing on early results from the uh harvest you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, the variability is the biggest thing I've been hearing, obviously. You know, first off, corn. You know, I think the USDA, we do have a report this week on Thursday. I think they kind of got the yield fairly well pegged. I mean, talking to producers, the most, the, the better than I thought it was going to be, given the rain, you know, type talk is out there. And so it kind of feels like at least everybody's kind of within lines where the USDA is kind of targeting here. So the beans is still the one I'm still questioning where things are. You know, we're just not hearing those monster bean yields, those 80 plus yields across the country that some places and I think you kind of need those to get to that 50 plus bushel per acre average and again you're talking fields uh, I know I had one producer yesterday said down the valleys I was pushing you know 80 plus 90 and then I got on top of the hill I got zero you know so it's really interesting to see what's going to the variability and how it's going to shake out and we probably won't get a good picture of that bean crop probably well until the January report when everything's kind of in the bin and then we can get some count on where the bushels are. Okay, so let's say we get the bushels, be it corn or be it beans. I'm hearing more and more about transportation being a bigger issue this year than maybe we've ever seen it. Um, You know, tell me what you're hearing there, John, and, and how are elevators, merchandisers pivoting? Yeah, the, the Mississippi River is the big issue right now, and maybe this rain that's coming in can help that situation out. It looks like some pretty good coverage coming, and but we need to get some moisture down into the St. Louis, the Memphis way, and it's right now they're still running uh, partial loads. Uh, river expenses or the cost of that transportation is going up at, at, at a very quick rate. Feels like maybe it's starting to peak out here a little bit, but at the same time, that's starting to come, that's coming up back up in the bean market at this time frame, really hitting that river basis for some of these guys out there and I think that's some of the biggest reason we continue to see beans slide right now is just they got to find different routes whether they're putting them on rail out to the Pacific Northwest or getting them on trucks to different locations all those costs add to the basis and that takes away from the cash market that's out there and you go look at the bean market you got a very uh, a nice carry in the market right now basically November beans at 1256 this morning you know it's kind of telling producers we don't want your beans here you know with that 30 cent carry back to March. 
Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Our, our growers have to start thinking strategy. Are we going to sell it off the combine if we have an already forward contract? Are we going to store it? I mean, there was so much apprehension about how big this crop was going to be, John. I think a lot of those decisions are being made as we roll. Very much so. That seems to be the majority of my conversations right now with producers. I've had a lot of long conversations lately. Just, you know, what do I do with these bushels? Where are we at? You know, there's things that producers got to think about this year. First off, we got a growing supply market, especially in corn or a heavier supply market. Beans, we're not really sure. We are dealing with that South American competition. If weather looks good, they're going to put out another monster crop that's going to hit us this spring. You know, as a producer, you got a lot of risks here. If you decide to put it in the bin, you're obviously going to be dealing with those costs, I mean, the interest rates on in terms of the operating loans are jumping seven, eight, nine, ten percent, depending on where you are. That's an added expense that you haven't calculated in the past or we haven't been dealing with. That comes into play here. Does it pay to put get you know to go through the storage side? If you come to store it, make sure you protect prices because of those extra expenses you're coming in. Because in the carry market, if we stay heavy, you know, we're gonna continue to see this carry bleed out. You know, I'm a little worried corn just stays flat here for the next handful of months. And we just watched that five dollars in March turn into four eighty five and that five ten in May turn into four eighty five or lower if we continue to see demand struggles. And now now the producer took on the carry or took on that interest and lost their market. So make sure we're defending things out there, have those conversations and figure out what's the best plan for you in those bushels. Crop insurance strategy, I was talking to mine. I mean, if that's if you took revenue protection, it's something to factor in, isn't it? It is at this time frame. Again, it's not the make or break for the operation, but it could turn into a pretty decent payment this year, especially if as long as your bushels are in line or if your bushels are weak. You know, I've been working some strategies over top of the December price. We're in the middle of that price uh, discovery window right now here in October. So we've seen some movement. I mean, we've rallied 30 cents off the lows or 20 cents off the lows now with this weakness this week. You know, so we've gained a little bit there. There is some ways to protect that, either with some call strategies or something of that nature if you want to put that type of risk into it but again typically we get some strength till about mid-october and then we kind of roll over into november and i'm a little more worried about the post market or post harvest low especially if this demand market doesn't fire up for corn all right john heinberg market advisor with total farm marketing out of west bend's along with us critical time if you want to talk to him totalfarmmarketing.com's their website you can call them 800 334 9779. That's 800 334 9779. You want to give them your email quick, John? John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. And now you mentioned we've got another USDA report coming up. What is that one going to entail? Could that rock the market too? We'll see. It's a WASDE report or supply-demand crop production. We'll get those new ratings in terms of yield. That'll be probably the thing the market's watching. And then what's the USDA do with the demand? That's the easy, easy way to balance things out if yields do come down. All right. We'll watch for it. Very good. Thank you, my friend. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. Have a great week. John Heinberg, again, joining us live on a Tuesday morning to keep you ahead of what's going on in the marketplace. Like he said, uh, you have to factor in what's going on not only with the uh, situation in Hamas, Israel, but now you also have to factor in some of these yields coming in better than expected and not enough water in our major arteries to make sure that we're moving that crop. That we can't control. Some of the rest we can. Again, TotalFarmMarketing.com, their website. 
All righty then. That'll do it for us on a Tuesday morning. Don't forget, we've got a bunch of good stuff that you can catch up with on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. Podcast galore from World Dairy Expo, including more detailed information uh, from those folks that joined us from Kazakhstan. Uh, so like I said, pop on over there and feel free to sign up for our daily e-newsletter, MidwestFarmReport.com. Talk text line, always looking for your harvest updates, 877 301 Farm. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young.